Okay, so this is Last Call with Chris Michaels. I'm probably well known that I am going to do this a day in advance. Uh, I normally don't do a podcast and I don't post anything on Fridays because, well, I like my personal time. And I don't want other people involving themselves in my day. And mainly by the end of the week, I really don't give two flying shits about what's going on in the world. However, there's something that's very interesting that came out. I found it on a website, rents.com. So if you go to rents.com, it is possibly the most plagiarized site on the planet. It's a mirror site. It's one of the most um, affluent news aggregate websites on the planet. Uh, Rush Limbaugh used to come here. Um, and the reason why I know that is because I used to use rents.com for a couple of my radio shows in the past and I would notice that Rush Limbaugh used to reference stories in about the same order that they were posted on Rents.com. Now, Rents is hosted by a guy by the name of Jeff Rents. He does a podcast. I think he's one of the most successful podcasters in the world. Uh, but there's a story here that really got me to start thinking. And it's it's horribly written. Uh, it's, it's one of the worst written stories I've ever ever had the displeasure of looking at, but uh, it's fairly interesting, and it got me thinking. The title of the story is, There is Evidence Someone is Attacking the U.S. with Deadly Levels of Radiation, and it is being covered up. Okay, so this is an important story, because this person, whoever this is, I wish the author, the author is Bob Nichols. And he basically says that uh, from January 1st to uh, 2010 to February 28th, 2021, uh, there has been an attack on the U.S. in the form of radiation. And it's not necessarily somebody dropping a nuclear weapon on a city. It's more along the lines of a Fukushima-style event where you've got... Uh, dirty radiation pluming all across the planet. And he basically says, he, he see, the problem that I have with this so-called article is that he's saying that Trump was aligned with Putin and Putin and Trump are very, very good buddies and so on and so forth. And Trump is just as much of a traitor as Putin or, or, or hates America just as much as Putin does. But Biden is the one that's trying to stem all it, nonsense. We, we all know where if you're listening to this podcast, you know that we are smarter than the average human. And we also know that there's no such thing as Democrat, Republican or whatever. It's just globalist and anti-globalist, fascist and not so fascist. So Bob Nichols references three nuclear power plants that have base or reactors that have basically gone sideways. One is in Moscow, Russia. The second is in Portland, Maine. And the third is in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you count Fukushima and the species-threatening event that Fukushima is, you've got a fourth one. And if you count all four reactors going together, then essentially you can blanket the United States in gamma radiation that 
uh, really does some icky, icky things. So his argument is that Russia released or sabotaged one of their nuclear reactors to hit the east coast of the United States. Now, my response to something like that is, well, if you know that you've got a reactor in Raleigh and you've got a reactor in Maine, then wouldn't it be much more realistic that those two reactors are causing the gamma radiation in the United States to go off the handle? And wouldn't it also be more realistic to assume that the Fukushima radiation is responsible for hitting the West Coast. I remember when I was doing radio and Fukushima first happened, uh, the Barack Obama administration decided to raise the acceptable levels of radiation throughout the United States so that they can declare that that there was no uh, real worry about Fukushima's radiation leaks influencing the health of Americans. Well, that's not true. That's not true. For some reason, you had one measurement, and I don't have those measurements in front of me. This is years ago. Um, for, for whatever reason, you had a certain level of acceptance, and then Fukushima occurs, and within the same month, you alter that measurement to, uh, to a level that's way higher than what, what, the, the, what the previous measurement was. And so, like a year before uh, or months before Fukushima, if the radiation measurement was kept the same, Essentially, we'd have a really, really big problem in the U.S. But since Barack Obama changed what that threshold was, then there was no problem. So it doesn't eliminate the problem. It just modifies the standard of measurement. So that's basically the gist of that. And due to that, we also have these two other nuclear reactors going sideways. Now, the the author, Bob Nichols, he references that, well, it's really Moscow that was doing it. And Trump worked with Putin to make sure that the United States was irritated with gamma radiation. Now, it's, it's a bullshit argument because the person is, you know, he's got his head up his ass as far as that's concerned. If we're going with his argument, I think his argument has merit, though. That's the issue. So the reason why I believe his argument has merit is because of what radiation poisoning is. And if you look at the countries that are under the strictest lockdowns, due to COVID, then all of a sudden you see a trend that validates Mr. Nichols's argument. Let's assume that what he is saying is true. Let's assume that the Moscow reactor has gone sideways. And in fact, there is gamma radiation leaking all over the place. The winds from that particular reactor would basically force that gamma radiation to pummel Europe. And where do we see the strictest lockdowns in Europe? Now, if we're to assume that Fukushima has had an effect on the United States and two other reactors in Maine and Raleigh have also gone sideways... Where do we see the biggest, the biggest lockdowns in the United States, but none other than along the coastlines like California, Washington, Portland, New York State, essentially New England, because New England, including New Jersey, 
have decided to formulate a policy when it comes to COVID responses. So what are, exactly are we getting at here? We have to start to question what exactly is COVID? And what are the symptoms of COVID? And if you hear in the background, we've got a couple of assholes on motorcycles riding throughout the neighborhood and they're annoying the piss out of me. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you could hear them too if I could hear them. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> See, that's why <laughs> that's why there was a delay in <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm waiting for them to leave, but they refuse to. So let's let's just press on here. So Mr. Nichols is saying that that the world is basically under a dirty bomb threat with these reactors going sideways. We've got the world on lockdown. We've got the world on lockdown in the strictest form of lockdowns in areas that could potentially include the reactors, if not be in the paths of the winds that would blow the radiation across those countries and states. Maine, Raleigh, North Carolina, or South Carolina, Raleigh-Durham, whatever. Moscow, blowing the winds across Europe. Fukushima, with uh, the jet stream and the, and the ocean currents, blowing it across the west coast of the United States. So then, now, now, you can kind of guess where I'm going. So what are the symptoms of covid what do we got? We got dry cough. We've got people needing to be put on ventilators. We've got some people being okay, some people not being okay. We have PCR tests up the ass. Literally, if you're in China, PCR tests up the nose, on and on and on. Now, it got me thinking. It got me thinking. And I looked this up, and I'm not a doctor or a scientist in any, any way. However, I do have a couple of brain cells to rub together. And I started to look up what is the influence of radiation on the lungs and what is the influence of radiation poisoning on the lungs. And it is some interesting stuff. Pulmonologyadvisor.com has uh, an interesting article. And they talk about how early lung injury due to radiation tends to occur within one to three months following radiation treatment, on and on and on, blah, blah, blah. But he also, or whoever this is, talks about radiation pneumonitis, oh man, I can't say this, pneumonitis, P-N-E-U-M-O-N-I-T-I-S. Pneumonitis, I, I would assume it's that, I don't know. But, so, the majority of patients that suffer from acute radiation pneumonitis are asymptomatic. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? Asymptomatic, where have we heard, oh right, asymptomatic COVID patients. Quite interesting. Some individuals have rapidly progressive and potentially fatal courses. Okay, we've also seen that. 
Is there an article? Is there an author? David Hodgkin. Brilliant. David Hodgkin. Okay. So what else? What else do we have here? In research studies, Mr. Hodgkin says, the severity of radiation pneumonitis is graded based on the clinical presentation. The grading symptom system most commonly used is the radiation therapy oncology group system. And there are five grades when we come to discuss radiation poisoning and its influence on the lungs. Grade one, mild symptoms of dry cough on exertion. Why, good gracious, what does that sound like? A dry cough. Isn't that one of the many symptoms, but one of the preeminent systems of co- uh, system? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I can't even speak. Symptoms of COVID. <laughs> symptoms of COVID. It's a dry cough. Okay, grade two. Persistent cough requiring narcotic antitussive agents and or dyspnea, oh man, I can't say this word, dyspnea with minimal exertion, but not at rest. Okay, dyspnea is essentially strained coughing and whatever else. But let's go back to the first part of the grade two, uh, uh, whatever this is, severity research. I, I, I'm not a medical person, so this stuff is really, really annoying to read for me. Anyway. Grade two, persistent cough requiring narcotic antitussive agents. Now, there was a study that was done in France that said that nicotine, nicotine, cigarettes, could help reducing the effectiveness or, or the severity of COVID. My Goodness, doesn't this sound familiar? Grade 2, persistent cough requiring narcotic antitussive agents. Well, isn't nicotine a narcotic? Good gracious. Mr. Hodgkin continues, grade 3, severe cough that is non-responsive to narcotic agents or radiographic evidence of acute pneumonitis. Okay, so that means that your cigarette smoking doesn't stop covid Grade four, severe severe respiratory insufficiency that requires continuous oxygen or assisted ventilation. My goodness, doesn't that mean a ventilator? And grade five, according to Mr. Hodgkin, is, is none other than assuming room temperature and dying. Grade five is death. So what... Doesn't all of this sound really fucking familiar? (laughs) Let's go through it again. Just to recap. Grade one, mild symptoms of dry cough. Check. Grade two, persistent cough requiring narcotic antitussive agents. Check. Also referencing the French study that said nicotine stops or alleviates COVID symptoms. Check. Grade three, severe cough that is non-responsive to narcotic agents. Also, we've covered that in grade two. Grade four, severe respiratory insufficiency, you can't fucking breathe, that requires assisted ventilation. Ventilators, ventilators, ventilators. That's all we spoke about throughout 2020. Grade five, death. 
My goodness, if I didn't know any better, it would certainly seem as though COVID is nothing more than radiation poisoning. Interesting stuff, don't you think? Especially since what we referenced with Mr. Nichols' article just a few minutes before, where multiple nuclear reactors went sideways and basically plumed gamma radiation across the planet. Now, what else would you do in the case that people were suffering from potential radiation poisoning? Why, what you would do is shelter in place. My goodness, what do we what have we been doing for a year? Being locked down. What are the symptoms of radiation pneumonitis? Well, we had to look that up. One of the first symptoms is, oddly enough, shortness of breath. Wow, good We've heard that with COVID. The second symptom of pneumonitis, dry cough. Lo and behold, we checked that box off too. Fourth, uh, third symptom is feeling of fullness in your chest. And we've also heard that about COVID. But fourth, the fourth symptom of radiation pneumonitis is the doozy. <laughs> the fourth symptom of radiation pneumonitis is none other than flu-like symptoms. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> You don't say flu-like symptoms. <laughs> These symptoms, and this is from Healthline.com, and it's article referencing uh, radiation pneumonitis. And this was also written by Corinne O'Keefe Osborne, updated on uh, the last time she's touched. This article was on April 12th, 2018, and it was medically reviewed by none other than Daniel Merle medical doctor. And so this article is from 2018. So there's no way that this could be edited since then. So uh, she continues, these symptoms are very similar to those of both pneumonia and lung cancer. In addition, radiation therapy can also cause similar uh, side effects. Uh, But here is what we're talking about. It causes, in the case of uh, radiation pneumonitis, it causes inflammation of the small air sacs called alveoli, not areola, alveoli, in your lungs. And this makes it harder for oxygen to pass into your bloodstream. Gosh! Oh my, doesn't this all sound familiar? Doesn't this all sound like what we've been hearing day in, day out for the past year? Other things that could include your risk of developing radiation pneumonitis is receiving, oddly enough, high doses of radiation. You don't say, getting more radiation could increase my risk of of suffering from radiation pneumonia. Okay, thank you. Having poor lung function prior to treatment, maybe. Being a woman. Being a woman, okay. Being older. Oh, boy. Being older. Where have most of the COVID deaths 
come from? What age bracket do we always reference on the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels? It is the older age bracket, the infirm, the elderly. Nonsense. Utter nonsense. And then she goes on to how it's being treated. For most people, symptoms clear up on their own, depending upon the severity of the condition, within 7 to 10 days of it appearing. Well, what do we have? (laughs) We've been told the same thing. 7 to 14 days of COVID, and that's when it all clears up. You may also need oxygen therapy. Why? A ventilator, small tubes in your nostrils, additional... It goes on and on and on. Other treatments include decongestants, cough suppressants, bronchiolidators, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Now, what would that potentially also include? Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Let's just look up... Oh, I don't know. N-S-A-I-D-S. And, uh, hi. Oh, what was that called? Hydroxy. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. Could that be the case? Could it be that Trump referencing hydroxychloroquine could potentially fall into a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, also known as an NSAIDs. Why? I do believe so. (laughs) So the whole time, (laughs) the whole time, the whole fucking time, they're telling you flu, 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 and in reality, what are they doing? They're trying to deal with massive radiation leaks on a global scale. How else do they test to see whether or not you have COVID? What do we hear all the time? Oh, gosh, you've got to be tested for COVID and we must know about it. You've got it. And then you've got a quarantine. You put on that mask. Don't you question it. You need a, what kind of test do we need? We need a PCR test. And what does does anybody know what PCR stands for? Stands for polymerase, I don't know, polymerase, I don't know how to say, P-O-L-Y-M-E-R-A-S-E, okay, polymerase, I don't know, polymerase, Polymerase chain reaction, PCR. Okay, now what's also interesting about the PCR tests that we know is that back in 2009, there was a published report on ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. Yeah, it's a big one, right? Mutation detection by real-time PCR. A simple, robust, and highly selective method. Basically, this whole thing says that you can detect 
genetic mutations in the DNA and the RNA through PCR testing. Ooh, boy. Now, where would we find mutations in the DNA? Well, we could find it due to cancers that cause tumors, but what also could potentially cause cancer, but none other than radiation. <laughs> yeah, see, does this all start to make sense to you out there? Do, do we start, to, we are starting to put this all together now, right? <laughs> so, what, <laughs> so what are the other effects of radiation poisoning is dyspnea, D-Y-S-P-N-E-A. And one of the major symptoms is, oddly enough, shortness of breath. My goodness, another thing that we've been hearing about for the past year. And it occurs after strenuous exercise, potentially, but you should also seek medical attention if your shortness of breath uh, or, or you're short of breath sooner than you used to be. Your breathless activity that you used to handle without a problem, or your breathless after activity, you start to experience dyspnea, whatever it is, without any explanation. Mmm. Dyspnea caused by medical conditions cover a wide range of health concerns. This is also from Healthline.com. While they should all be evaluated by the doctor, the sudden breathlessness uh, could be leading to emergencies. Some of these symptoms, dyspnea, include heart failure, low blood pressure, pneumonia, my, oh, oh, another alarm bell just went off because we all know that COVID, positive COVID cases, also include the flu and pneumonia. We also know <laughs> that uh, the radiation poisoning that we referenced before included flu-like symptoms. And the radiation poisoning also includes dyspnea, which one of the symptoms of dyspnea is pneumonia. My gosh, Ooh, what else is a symptom of dyspnea, which is or which is a side effect of radiation poisoning? But pulmonary embolisms, also known as blood clots. Haven't we heard all of those stories that have come out that we're seeing more and more blood clots in the hospitals? People dying of blood clots. Everyone pointed to the 5G network coming online, which may be true, which may be true because that could be a case. So it could actually be the 5G network being fired up and we're all suffering from some level of radiation poisoning, or it could be what Mr. Nichols references and there are multiple nuclear reactors going off in a negative way that would, that would involve radiation poisoning or some combination of all of it. Pulmonary embolism. Oh, gosh. Then also they have carbon monoxide poisoning. And finally, stress or anxiety. Now, I don't know about you, but I know plenty of people over the past year due to COVID that have been suffering from stress and anxiety. Now, I'm not going to say because you could suffer from stress or anxiety for any number of reasons. Uh, you may also experience sudden dyspnea if a piece of food or some other object blocks your airway 
an injury that harms the lung or causes a rapid loss of blood while also making breathing more difficult. While shortness of breath isn't a sudden emergency, but it isn't instead a problem that lingers for at least four weeks, it's considered chronic. Now, chronic dyspnea includes chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, which covers emphysema and chronic bronchitis, interstitial uh, interstitial lung disease, scarring on the lung tissue. Haven't we heard all of those stories in all of the mainstream media about people that are suffering the long-term effects of COVID have scarring all over their lungs? Yes, we have. Next, poor physical conditioning, obesity, heart disease. Haven't we heard stories of people dying from COVID or states suffering from COVID in the worst kind of ways also have the highest rates of obesity? In fact, we have. Good gracious. (laughs) All of this stuff just lines up, doesn't it? (laughs) So, the next thing is, and I have to do more research on this, Oddly enough, proteins break down or the way the, uh, the DNA and the RNA and all that stuff, it breaks down the way proteins are maintained in the body and created also, right? So if that's the case, if we're playing devil's advocate here and we're assuming radiation poisoning is what is really going on and not COVID. We suddenly have an idea and a reasoning behind mRNA vaccines. With the mRNA vaccines talking to the messenger RNA, which tells the messenger RNA how to create proteins, or in this case, rebuild the proteins that have been damaged or mutated by the radiation poisoning. That could potentially be a reason why they're pushing for this mRNA vaccine. I don't know about you, but radiation poisoning, whether that is due to the nonsense from those four reactors that Mr. Nichols, or three reactors that Mr. Nichols references, four that I reference, or firing up the 5G network, which could emit a lot of radiation, I'm not sure. But all of this sounds a lot like COVID, doesn't it? Inflammation of the lungs, Blood clots, dry coughs, flu-like symptoms, pneumonia, on and on. Everything that I referenced so far. So why, why would they tell us it's the flu? Because, or I'm sorry, it's not the flu. It's something not as bad as the flu, or it is as bad as the flu, and you may need a mask, you may not need a mask. Where to, if you really want to be safe? And also, get the vaccine. 
and then continue to wear your mask because they don't know if the mRNA vaccine is actually going to be effective against radiation poisoning. And it's not, it's not, in order for my conjecturing and theory here to be effective, it's not a major radiation poisoning. This is something like, it's a plume. It's a dirty bomb. Think of it in that kind of regard. So this stuff is just kind of emitted into the air and it plumes across an area, across the jet streams and so on and so forth. And you breathe it in, right? Very, very minuscule particles. Imagine if they told the world what was going on and radiation was the culprit. Imagine what the world would do in that case. Imagine what the world would do in that case if the culprit wasn't these four reactors, but in fact the 5G network being turned on. And it's so powerful that it's causing radiation sickness in mild forms across the planet. These people are sick. And these people need to be held accountable. And this is the last call with Chris Michaels.